Welcome to the Big Picture Podcast, where we make sure you know there's more going on than you can see or hear. If this podcast episode helps you, would you consider leaving us a review on the app or platform you're using to listen? We appreciate it. And remember, we ain't woke, but we are certainly awake. And now, your host, Larry Ragland. Come on, y'all. Y'all know what that music means. We're about to get into some stuff. Y'all know in the big picture, we don't play. We cover everything. We cover news events, current events. We might even put a little politics in here. We ain't scared. But you know everything we're going to do is going to be gospel-based because we believe we're on a mandate to take the gospel to the nations through this podcast, The Big Picture. I'm your host, Larry Ragland. I'm excited that you're with us today. If you hadn't already done it, make sure that you follow and subscribe to this podcast, which, whichever app you're using, very simple. Just click that check button, whatever it is, to add it to your shows that you listen to. And then enable notifications, so you'll be notified when we go live with or we post new content. And then if you can, go to iTunes and scroll down and uh, give us a five-star review because nothing, nothing, listen to me, nothing helps us get in the algorithm and get this show in front of people, number one, that don't know Christ, number two, that don't know anything about this show, and I could introduce them and bring them in to one of our uh, new listeners. So that five-star review helps us tremendously. And then lastly, certainly, 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 um, share this podcast with a friend. So I'm excited. This, you know, we've, we've been out here. I've been out here ministering in Mississippi with my friends out here in Grenada, Mississippi, and uh, I'm, we are sitting in a luxurious studio right now. I'm so excited to be in Owensby Productions uh, Media Studio. It's incredible. It's actually the kitchen table of Christian Regina <laughs> Owensby. It's awesome. And sitting across from me, is a young man that is my guest today that I'm excited, excited, excited to welcome. And that is none other than Noah Owensby. Welcome to the program, Noah. Thank you, brother. How are you? I am blessed, and the crowd is going crazy because <laughs> they are excited that you are on this broadcast with us. Uh, Noah, you are a blessing. Uh, I've watched you, son. You are just uh, you are on fire for the Lord, and you're a fine, fine young man, and I appreciate your, your stance that you're having preaching the gospel, but uh, today we're going to cover some things that a lot of people don't talk about, and that is um, your journey that brought you to this point right here. Uh, your father and I have been friends for so many years, and uh, we parallel our lives in a lot of ways. We've been in ministry. Uh, many people know that your your father, Pastor Chris Owensby, was very influential in my life yes, uh, and impacting my life and mentoring me in so many ways. He's been on our program. Uh, but you know, one other thing that we have in common, common is that we have children and, uh, in, you know, the old saying for children of preachers, they are known as the preacher's kids or the PKs. Right. So I'm sitting across from a PK. I raised two PKs and so did he. So tell us, Noah, before we get going, if, if you don't mind, I'm just going to get a little personal with you today because I believe it'll help some people out there. A lot of people that listen to this podcast are in the ministry and they are, there are children of ministers, and there are ministers who have children that need a little bit of wisdom on how to respond to that. So 
tell us a little bit about uh, what it was like to be. Uh, don't be intimidated now by this question. Now, don't be scared that he might be watching you or anything because he, he, he's, he's very proud of you. What it was like to be the son of Chris Owensby and Regina and, and a PK growing up in ministry. Yes, sir. Well, first of all, I'd just like to start out by saying that I was truly honored to, to be blessed with the parents that, that God gave me. And um, I was able to learn so much and experience so many great things from such a young age and to experience powerful moves of God and to see things that mark my life. But um, on the other side of that, it it definitely had its, its challenges. Yep. Um, you know, you especially um, being being in family with somebody in ministry that has a lot of influence and yes. has made a big impact. Um, I can remember at different times feeling like, you know, I, I lived in a glass home. Yep. Um, that, you know, living in a smaller town like Grenada, Mississippi, of just fifteen to 20,000 people, mostly everybody knows everybody. Yep. And, um, I don't know. It just, it, like I said, it had its, it had its challenges, and uh, people seemed to, to set a certain standard or right. expectation say it, say it. Uh, on the preacher's kids as if they, yeah. you know, were supposed to, um, to be, you know, above standard or yep. – anything you know different than a normal child growing up and uh, there is a pressure that comes with that but at the same time I truly believe that God was using some of those experiences as I grew up to to shape me and to prepare me from what for what I'm stepping into and in seasons like what I'm in now. Yeah, that's so good. Uh, yes, so good son and some of the exact words that you just said I've heard from my daughters is that glass bubble that that fishbowl experience yes. that, and you know you can't get around it. And I and I and I'm I know that uh, far as me personally as a as a pastor, I I dropped the ball, you know, quite a bit. Of I look back and I do have some regrets that I could have done it differently, um, you know. But we were no excuses. But the life of the ministry is tough. It's difficult, yes, and and I've tried to tell our children that you know I can't change. There's nothing I can do about the fact that you're my children. And and the fact that you're my children, you are born into this family, and this is who I am. And it's don't make it right. It's never right to be put uh, in that kind of spotlight in that fishbowl experience. But it's also a privilege, and I tried to help them see that this is an honor as well. And you don't see it now, but one day as you serve the Lord, you'll you'll see that you've had some experiences that a lot of people have not had when God. Uh, or if God and probably when God calls you into the ministry. So you may have gone down the journey uh, that some other PKs, preachers, kids as well has done, because here's the reality. A large percentage of PKs that were raised in great homes by parents that loved them dearly, loved the Lord with all their heart, dedicated their life to service. Because of that experience, maybe caused them to walk away, get a little... Uh, I don't want to have nothing to do with that. One thing I know for my life, I don't want that kind of life, that right. kind of thing. Yes, sir. So did you experience that? Did you experience a walking away experience? What What happened? Yes, sir, I did. Um, I'm not exactly sure how, you know, how I could compare it to maybe um, other PK stories. Um, but for me, it wasn't necessarily a uh, a rebellious standpoint of wanting to – to run from the ministry and run from the church and rebel against everything that 
I was taught more so than anything, um, you know, being brought up under a, a father who was a pastor and a, an evangelist at the same time. Yeah. You know, we were in church quite regular <laughs> yes. on a regular basis, yes, man, yes. you know, several several days a week. Um, and that was just a really big part of childhood. And what I'm trying to say is I didn't really um, – I was pretty sheltered from what, from different things that the world had to offer. Yeah, I I, I was uh, ignorant, and, and honestly, in probably certain ways, very good ways, I was ignorant to many things that I, I didn't even necessarily knew exist. Um, and that's no diss on my parents whatsoever, because they were doing their best to shelter me and to raise me in the fear and admonition of the Lord, and they yes. definitely did that. But um, from a pretty young teenage um age i um started running with with older crowds people that i knew better to be running with yeah. it was very sneaky and um just as i started to out of curiosity of of not knowing what the world had to offer started to just you know mess around with certain things and and uh fold under certain aspects of peer pressure and um Slowly but surely, I uh, got really wrapped up in the drug culture. Um, and by the time I was 15 to 16 years old, I was I was really struggling um, with pills and wow. smoking a lot of marijuana and just really, really headed down, down a dangerous path. And throughout all of that time, I knew better. Yeah. Um, I can remember being convicted by the Holy Spirit, because I also, from a very young age, um, knew that God had called called me to ministry. Wow. And um, part of me knew that I was running from that for so many years, but at the same time, I would never admit that to myself. Yeah, I yeah. knew in the back of my mind that's what I was doing, but as crazy as it might sound, I also truly believed, even through all of those crazy times, I knew that I would rise from that. Mm. I knew that I knew I was somewhere where I didn't belong. I wow. knew I was living a life that was not meant for me. Mm. And um, I ended up getting married on my 21st birthday to my better half, Miss uh, mm. Holly Owens. But she's, she's, awesome. she's such a blessing, man. Yes. And um, we were both you know, lost running from the Lord. She wasn't really raised in, in the same type of church home um, that I was. And um, it didn't take long to where things got really chaotic. I began to, um, in the later teenage years before I got married, I started, you know, it, sin starts small, but as we, yes, as it. we engage Preach and as it. we yep. um, become more curious and as we become more willing to, to go down the wrong paths, mm. it, it can't help but grow. It's a snowball effect, yes, and it, it just is. gets bigger and worse and more chains and more bondage, and the same thing happened to me. Wow. You know, the same son of such a, a great man of God, here he is, a, a strung-out mess. I ended up being messed up on, on very hard drugs, mm. and I'll just save some of the details, but just as messed up as messed up can be. Mm. Um, and just to kind of give a little bit of my testimony I um a little bit after a year of being married I was working in a warehouse in a factory here in Grenada Mississippi and um I had just really gotten sick and tired of of being sick and tired yeah. of living yeah. the of living the lie that I knew was not for me mm. 
And I truly felt the Lord begin to move on me. I hadn't thought about the Lord in a long time at this point. I uh, so disconnected from church. I'd still come a good bit just out of respect for my family, even right. strung out as a mess, probably having wow. the whole sanctuary smelling like weed. Wow. Um, just, just really kind of, you know, um, a slap in the face to my parents, but that's just, and that's just from nobody ever made me feel that way. Yeah. But looking yeah. back on it, that's just the truth of what it was. And sure. I was blind, mm. um, to just how obvious, uh, my chains and bondage had become and the Lord began to move on me um, as I was working at that factory I'd only been there so many months and one day I was driving a forklift in that warehouse and I mean um, just a just such a a wind from heaven hit me mm. I, I'm trying to explain it in the best way I can because I'll never forget it but I truly don't believe I'll ever be able to put it into words My God. just what I felt in that moment wow. and emotion and uh, just a release of pain and, and regret started to come out and I just began to cry and uh, wasn't many people that worked in that particular warehouse but I quickly drove to the other side of the warehouse where nobody was and I got behind some boxes and man I at this point I had probably not been to sleep in four or five days my lord um 50 pounds lighter than I am now just an absolute mess and I got off that forklift and with tears streaming down my face I came behind some boxes and I lifted my hands and I began to cry out to God come on and um from that day forward I've never been the same again my god man and um God, I told him right there as I was surrendering, I was saying, Lord, if I know that I've had a call of of ministry all my life and I remember everything that's been prophesied over me that impacted my life growing up and the things that I that I know I heard from you through other gifts of ministry um, that you've never let get out of my heart, you've never let totally get out of my sight. And um if that calling is still there, if it still exists, I'll surrender to it, and I'll do whatever you tell me to do. And um, wow. now, just a couple of years later, I uh, I have the honor of traveling the country, and preaching the gospel, and uh, we actually just my wife and I just finished our uh, first year on the field in evangelistic ministry, and we've seen well over a hundred people saved and several miracles and signs and wonders and people filled with the Holy Spirit and just amazing things. And I just hope that my story can connect with other preachers, kids who, uh, yes. who maybe might be in a situation like I was or, or in the process of running. I want them to know that the prodigal can always wake up. He cannot, he or she can always come to themselves. They can always come home and there's always hope. <sighs> My goodness, man, that is just, <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all, I think we're all crying in here right now. That was just incredible. That was incredible, Noah. Uh, take me through this now, and because what an incredible experience that God would just overwhelm you in that warehouse, and God is so good. He just, I'm so thankful that he does not hold our past against us, and he does not, he does not qualify our calling and our anointing and ministry based on our stupid decisions and uh so i see god you know people that would meet you for the first time now 
they would never know that about you because right. that's the goodness of God. They yeah. see, they would never know that that could be your testimony. And that's what's so powerful about sharing it, Noah. Yes. I'm telling you, no matter where the Lord takes you, no matter where, no matter what happens in your life, in your, in your future, in your beautiful family, uh, never, ever, ever stop telling that story because, man, it touches people like me too who, guys, who think about my children and my grandchildren and all of this, and every minister's family goes through this. Um, take us through after that day. Now you got to go talk to your dad and your mom. You got yes, to talk sir. to your wife. Yes, so, so how did that go? How how did how did you go back and say, hey, you know, this is what happened to me. What do I do now? Take us um, through that. Actually, for the first few days, I was so blown away by the experience that I didn't tell a soul. Wow. Um, and I eventually, I can't remember exactly how it unfolded, but I ended up telling my wife. And I can remember just how thrilled. Um, and the truth is, she wasn't where she was supposed to be either. But she wasn't n nearly... Uh, our stories and our struggles were totally opposite. Yeah, I was yeah. I was the problem, and I'm I can be man enough at this point in life to admit that. But I was I was the one wrecking everything, and I know that uh, her and my parents alike had been praying and believing. Um, at so that even though time for something to take place, so, so even though she was not living for the Lord, she so desired for you to be living for the right. Lord. So that she could learn how to what it meant to be to follow the yes, Lord. It was she no was waiting doubt. on you. It was no doubt she was waiting. Wow, on me. wow, you, you, no doubt about That's it. I can amazing. remember different conversations she we would have, and she made it very apparent that as soon as I was ready to surrender, that she would she would be all in. Yeah. Wow. Man, listen to that. Listen, everybody that's listening to this podcast, I want you to know that this is the power of your life. And, and many times people that are not even, don't even know anything about God, they can see so much potential in you and know that if you would just surrender, and that's not trying to put, you know, you're, you're, you're not responsible for any other person's salvation. You're only responsible for yourselves. But this is the power of what influence is. This is the power of what a life can become once it surrenders to God. Because you're talking about a while ago, you're talking about that snowball effect of sin. Yes, sir. Then there's a there's the good snowball effect right. of what happened in that warehouse. Yes, sir. You were able, I mean, I can only imagine, and we don't have to go there, but I can only imagine some of the difficult, very difficult conversations you've had with your father and your mother right. during that time when you were running and you were on drugs and they were fighting for your soul and fighting for you and pulling you out of messes and all that kind of stuff. Yes, sir. But all of a sudden, because of the grace of God, you're getting ready to go talk to your parents that they're, you're about to tell them yes, your sir. prayers have worked. Yes, sir. Tell me about that. And it was just, um, to be honest with you, um, from that moment forward, I can't tell you I, I can exactly remember the, the first moment when I told them or expressed it to them, but I could remember the sense of relief <sighs> and the sense of, you know, my, my boys come back home and, because man I was I I got so messed up and and done certain things for so long that I had uh I had lost my my mental clarity and my ability to um to communicate wow um clearly because I was just so messed up and so doled down um 
but just to 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 really see the joy that came to them, to see the uh, the peace and the weight that lifted off of them, um, and the way they just supported me from the very the very first moment. I mean, they were supporting me and was totally there for me before it took place, but from that moment forward, um, there was just a there was a restoration between between yeah. us. It, yeah. Really, uh, that's where the restoration began to take place. Yeah, um, and it's just gotten better and better, and it's Man. just amazing. And how now, God's and now, transformed the whole situation. And now, I see you preaching revivals with your dad, tag teaming. Yes, sir. You're gonna be tag teaming pretty soon. I don't know when you'll be listening to this podcast, but uh, coming up real soon, uh, they'll be tag teaming at our church. That'll be the first of many yes. times. Uh, I've just, I was so excited. To have you guys coming into the too, house, us too. so it's going to be powerful. So now, now we're we're talking about we're not just talking about, uh, uh, and I, I don't really. I, it's a biblical term and it's appropriate prodigal, uh, but God began to speak to me years ago that we need to be careful who we call prodigals, where uh, you know we can label them to where they they feel like the rest of their life they're the prodigal, and they right. and it makes it easier for them to call themselves the prodigal. Right. Uh, so. We know that story that tells us that, but to that father, he was not a prodigal. Right. He's called the prodigal son because of the, his decisions that he made. Yes, sir. But to the father, he was just his son. Exactly. Because he, he didn't say the prodigal, the one that forsook you, God. Right. He said, my, my son was dead, but now he's alive again. Yes, sir. Let's, let's rejoice. And that's the true father. So they, they didn't, I know them. I know your parents. They didn't throw it up. Well, okay. But, but, you know, I just want to remind you what you did to me. No, that kind of stuff. No, they were excited. Right. Their son right. was home. And uh, quickly, you, you ran into the ministry, you and your wife. You know, she's ministering with you, singing. Yes. You're working, serving, playing the drums, preaching, doing whatever the Lord is asking you to do. So now you're preaching. You're preaching around the country. Yes, sir. Tell us about how, what, what are you experiencing out there as, as an evangelist? I mean, what is happening? Just revival, man. God is uh, doing so many powerful things. But honestly, uh, everywhere that we go where people are hungry, yeah. where people are open for a move of God, we're yeah. seeing just just supernatural things take place. Like I was telling you, we've seen well over 100 souls saved in the last 12 months. My goodness. And that, having the heart of, of an evangelist, that's my first priority. It's in, in your my, DNA, man. Yes, sir. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's what matters to me yeah. most. But yeah. also, we've seen some some creative miracles and just wow just things that are that are really mind blowing but i believe it's exactly what this generation expect especially my generation needs to see yeah uh we've just been seeing the power of god demonstrated in very um in several different aspects in very powerful ways yeah and and i see the lord using your wife she's yes sir she's your partner she's not just your your ride partner She's no, your ministry sir. partner. That's correct. That's, That's so correct. awesome. That's yes, so sir. awesome to see household salvation and household ministry. Uh, yeah, you're right. You said your generation. I mean, your generation needs. Um, we we need more. You need more than being preached to. Right. You need preachers being raised up. Right. It that voices. We we your generation needs our voices yes, to sir. speak into your life. Yes, but I'm going to tell you, we it needs just as much voices like you speaking in their lives because a lot of times they'll still say, well, yeah, that's an old time preacher over there speaking. I mean, he don't understand what we're going through. Right. But, but you're there, you lived it. Uh, you, 
you didn't just live it. You, you went through some difficult things. So that testimony becomes so powerful uh, in, while you're preaching. And, but, you know, you don't have to talk about it all the time. But I know that you do talk about it because how can you not talk about it? As powerful and power, as incredible as it, as it is. But I truly do believe, Noah, that you have been raised up in a generation unlike any other generation. Yes. You guys are, fa- are facing things that uh, your dad and I can't even imagine being facing at your age. It was tough on us then, but the temptations for distraction and all the things that are going on, and there's an identity crisis. Uh, so many young people are trying to figure out. We've always tried to figure out who we are. Now we're trying to figure out what our pronouns are, all right. kinds of stuff, You know what genders we are. And I want to go down that rabbit hole on this right. broadcast. But, but in the middle of it all, the answer to it all is the gospel. Yes. That's why Jesus came. So the answer to the confusion, to the identity crisis, to the, you know, the frustrations that feel like nobody's hearing us is the gospel. Exactly. And uh, I'm thankful that we have young men like you on the field. Uh, I'm so thankful that the prophecy says that, you know, your young men uh, shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. So me, me and your dad, we're over, just, we're the old men. We're dreaming dreams. <laughs> and, it's, you know, I, I've often said that I feel like, that that really means that we are dreaming of how we saw it, how we came up in it, longing for God, will that ever come again? Will we ever see it again? And and then God raises up the young people to say, yes, you will, because we are not dreaming about how it used to be, because we've not seen it. We don't have a reference point to ask for it to go back to, right. but we see it happening now. This is what we see. So I'm thankful that, you know, sitting at this table here, you have the two generations. You have the dreamers, you have the visionaries, the, the, the people that are seeing the spiritual vision. What's happening now, what we've experienced, and what we long to be a part of what is happening in your life. So I'm proud of you, man. I'm so proud of you. I'm just so thankful for what God is. What a tremendous testimony. And if we had more time, he, he could go into any even deeper than that. And I'll have you back on the podcast again. And I got a feeling I'm, you're probably going to be having your own podcast pretty soon. And uh, you and your dad or whatever. But you, you've, sure. got, you've, got a, you've got a great, great ministry future ahead of you. you. So if anybody is a pastor or a leader, um, conference, anything that you need, a voice that's a fresh voice that is on fire for God. You need to bring this young man in. So if people want to know more about your ministry, how can they find you, connect with you, give us a little information? Uh, yeah, man. Um, they can check us out at noahowensbministries.com. Um, everything's pretty self-explanatory on there as far as to um, to check everything out. And also we have a setup on there to where you can reach out to us about trying to to book a date cool. if you would like us to um, bring the gospel to your community or your area, depending on where that's at. Um, but, yeah, their Facebook, it just at Noah okay. Owensby. Okay. Um, but, yeah, that would be that would be great. We'd be honored for people to, to go and check that out and to just support it and to see what God's doing in our, in our ministry. And I'd also like to say it's, a, it's an absolute honor and privilege to be on this podcast with you, Bishop. It's been – yeah. It's been great, and I've really enjoyed it and believe that uh, this can make an impact for many people. Amen. And I, as we get ready to close the broadcast, I just feel led in my spirit. Um, I know we didn't talk about this in advance, but I think you'll be okay with this. Is I do think that we're going to probably have some PKs listening to this, and we're going to have a lot of ministers that are thinking about their children yes. and have having similar experiences uh, going through them now 
or going through them in the past that are sort of at a loss. You know, how I won't, what happened to Noah, I pray would happen for my son, my daughter. Uh, it's not happened yet. I need hope. I need, I need to believe that it can happen. I'm losing hope. Would you pray for them? Would you pray for those pastors and pray for those preachers, kids especially, that might be in a confusing place where you were? And just speak a blessing and pray for them right now. Yes, sir, I would. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity um, to be able to share all of this with Pastor Ragland and for everybody that could be listening and for everybody that this might reach. I thank you that it can that it can make an impact. But for anybody that's that's listening to this that finds their their children maybe in a similar situation, and for any pastor or ministry leader that um, is struggling and losing hope because they see their children going down the wrong um, paths and they see that everything that they, you know, that they sowed into their lives, it seems like it's been wasted. First of all, I would just like to rebuke the, mm. the lie of the enemy come on, son. that's trying to come against them and trying to rob them of their faith. I bind that in the name of Jesus. But I would also like to just ask Holy Spirit that you would comfort them, that you would give them peace that passes all understanding, that you would restore their hope and to help them keep believing that the prayers of the righteous avail much and to believe that what they have sowed into their kids will come forth with a harvest. And I just I thank you, Lord, for, for giving peace and hope to those that are in this situation that are facing these trials to not give up and to not lose hope and to not lose heart, but to believe that you will make a way where there seems to be no way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wow, amen. powerful. Powerful, powerful. Man, I tell you what, this has been a tremendous, tremendous program, y'all. I believe it's going to help a lot of people know. I appreciate sure. you. Thank you for coming on the show. If yes. you have made it to this point, and I believe most of you have, don't forget, you got to hit that follow button. You got to hit that like button. Subscribe to this channel. Give us a five-star review. And especially today, if you know anybody that you feel like this podcast would minister to that pastor, to that, to that mama, to that daddy, to that son, to that daughter, to that grandchild, send them this podcast because that's why we're doing this. We're not doing it for any other reason but to help people's lives. You've been listening to The Big Picture with Larry Raglan, and I'm excited that you're here. More podcasts are coming soon. You want to get all of my podcasts, YouTube channel, connect with me on all the social media platforms, my website. You can do it all at one place, LarryRagland.tv. That's LarryRagland.tv. We'll see you next time on The Big Picture. Peace out. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Big Picture Podcast. We hope it helped you, encouraged you, and empowered you. Please consider leaving us a review on your app of choice and share with family and friends. And remember, we ain't woke, but we are certainly awake.